Ciao. You're listening to EdUp Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix, author of the book Leadership on the Field of Play, available on Amazon, and Higher Ed Vagabond. So let's get started. You know, podcastees, there's been some kerfuffle, I love that word, recently about the need for courses to teach students small talk. Now, ChatGPT tells me that small talk is casual, light conversation that typically focuses on topics of general interest. Small talk is often used in social situations to establish rapport, fill conversational gaps, or create a comfortable atmosphere. It typically avoids deep or controversial subjects and instead covers neutral or lighthearted topics such as the weather, current events, or common experiences. At least that's what ChatGPT says. But apparently, we're being told, thanks to social media and the pandemic, the art of small talk is on the verge of extinction, especially with recent generations who were suckled by smartphones and the internet instead of mother's breasts. Now, there's a call for training in some quarters to address this inability to master this basic communication skill before society completely loses the ability to discuss the weather or yesterday's ball game. It has even been suggested that higher education needs to develop curriculum to address this issue with professors calling out students' inability to hold simple discussions in or out of class. Police. First, a quick Google search will remind the casual observer, or maybe inform them for the first time, that tips on small talk abound and have for decades. Ever hear of Toastmasters International? Check it out. It's an organization dedicated to helping people improve their speaking skills in all kinds of settings. There are many similar local, national, and international organizations where anyone can go to sharpen communication in a relatively safe setting. You can learn to communicate one-on-one -on -one in small groups or in large assemblies. <clears throat> you can also find any number of short workshops that are designed to improve interaction skills. And a lot of these are done face-to-face, -face, which is really how small talk is supposed to be. I know I find it amusing, <coughs> excuse me, I find it amusing that there are also many self-help books in online classes where you can learn to communicate face-to-face -face without having to see a face. Or you can just watch sitcoms from the 60s where you'll find overtures like, how's the weather? Or my favorite, hey, how are you doing? Seem to work okay in those cases, but I digress as usual. So what the heck is going on here? Well, a couple of things. First, those of us who learn small talk the old fashioned way by doing it are dying off. In my day, if you weren't good at small talk, you could choose an appropriate career where you worked in a small dark cubicle and then you could go home and just read a lot in your room by yourself. You learned that if you couldn't make at least a minimal effort to ingratiate yourself during a job interview, you'd better hope that your uncle owned the business. And the only social interaction you could count on without small talk uh, was purchased by the hour. So what happened? Well, 
Here's what I think. Both teachers and students have gradually become lazy and are accustomed to immediate gratification. Basic communication is now a series of emojis and abbreviations and TikTok videos that have replaced words, sentences, um, and substantive, uh, substantive interaction in personal conversation. You know, the kind where you could see and smell the other person. I call this the uh, technological equivalent of caveman grunts and snorts. And you know, it's easier to use TikTok and Google and Instagram as information and opinion platforms rather than to access the data firsthand and form opinions based on data and critical thinking. After all, why bother to think if someone else will do it for you? And there are lots of people out there who will gladly give you your opinion. But back to small talk. The embarrassing lack of communication aptitude is only symptom uh, symptomatic of a larger issue that I harp on all the time. Namely, the grinding down and wearing away of the liberal arts foundation on which American higher education was founded. It's not so much worn down, uh, worn away actually, as it is fragmented and marginalized so that it's barely recognizable as an integrated body of invaluable knowledge and skills that enrich every aspect of individual everyday life and professional prowess. And communication just one of an essential set of competencies that taken together make individuals more attractive personally and professionally. And what would be some of the elements of this set of this magic stuff, you ask? Well, stuff like the wider applications of communication beyond speech to writing, critical thinking, some basic literary and social theory, and of course, a little basic computation to start. Oh, Bill, you say, all this stuff already exists on every college campus. Really? I reply. Find it for me. Oh, yeah, it's around, but it's scattered all over the place without any kind of recognizable identity that would lead you to believe that it's an organized body of knowledge. If today's students or faculty have to look for this stuff, they want it all in one easy place to access and they want you to rationalize its value. That's ROI, baby. You can't do that piecemeal. And even if you lump all this stuff into one place, you're likely to find it labeled as liberal arts. The heck does that mean? Or general education. That's not sexy or alluring. And sure not likely to speak to anything that has enduring value. So what do you do? Okay, here it comes. Market it. Describe the features and benefits of liberal arts education and not in ivory covered terminology. First, name it something that sounds like you might want to find out more about it. What's it good for? And what will students get out of it? Yeah, I know there was a time when you didn't have to rationalize the value of these disciplines. I'm a product of that time. But wake up and smell the new world whether you like it or not. Because first, you have to get the attention of students, and dare I say most of higher education. Why would anyone look for something they don't even know exists? Think about pet rocks. Google it if you don't know what it is. You have to brand it. A brand, quite simply, 
is a unique identity in a set of connections that people make with a product or service. It includes emotional and psychological associations that consumers have with that brand. A brand is tangible, might be represented by a name or a logo or a slogan. Strong brands create interest and recognition amongst consumers, which would include students. And the brand has to work within the higher education community and in the general public. Very crass, right? But true. Those of us liberal arts aficionados don't have to be sold on the value of the product. But when I'm at happy hour and people ask me about my podcast and I mention liberal arts, you know, it's amazing how many of them suddenly have to pee. Uh, bad branding on my part. So look, I can take a writing class or a speech class or a critical thinking workshop anywhere. Liberal arts exists piecemeal out there. So why would I come to your campus to take one of these, let alone all of them? That's the issue, podcastees. Students should come for the bundle. That's what you sell. Cool. How do you do that, Bill? Well, if I told you, you'd have to pay an hourly rate, and I'm not cheap. But I can tell you this. If you can create the product, you can create a market for it on your campus and in your community. And the really crass part of all of this is that the ability to generate revenue is much greater selling a bundle than it is selling what appears to be an unrelated bunch of stuff. And revenue is what will keep programs, departments, and often entire institutions in business so that they can achieve their mission and vision. Sounds quite noble now, doesn't it? So let's connect the dots so that you can see the big picture. First, this is not all about small talk. Small talk connects to speech, writing, and a number of other currently disparate disciplines to produce an integrated, recognizable product. That's part of the picture. That product then has to be connected to a branding and marketing strategy internally and externally that demonstrates value and creates demand. <clears throat> That's the next part of the puzzle. All of this then needs to connect to a sustainable revenue model, yeah, you knew I'd get there eventually, that makes the whole enterprise viable in and of itself. And then this cohesive unit connects to the rest of the academic ecosystem that is the university, giving us that final big picture. Ta-da! And with that, I'll invite you to tune in to the next exciting episode. Ciao!